As parents, you want to have all the answers, and we can help with that. Welcome to Boston Children's Answers Kids Health, a podcast brought to you by Boston Children's Hospital. I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer Arnold. As a neonatologist and mom, I'm always looking to the future of pediatric health care and how to help parents raise happy, healthy kids. Join us as we share tips and answers from the nation's number one children's hospital. Now let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Thanks so much for joining us as we get ready to talk about how to choose a pediatrician. As always, we like to hear directly from patient families to guide us into our conversation. And today's question comes from Jennifer. Hi, my name is Jennifer, and I'm expecting my first baby in a few months. I still need to choose a pediatrician, but I'm not sure what questions I should be asking. So, for example, does the size of the practice even matter? Thanks. Well, that is a really good question. And so today we are talking about something that I think is on the minds of many of our parents, not just Jennifer. And that is how to choose a pediatrician. So here to help us discuss this topic is Dr. Valentine Esposito, who is an attending physician at Boston Children's Hospital's Primary Care Center and the Martha Elliott Health Center. Welcome, Dr. Esposito. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh my goodness, I'm thrilled. So, Dr. Esposito, like yourself, I am new to Boston Children's and the Boston area. Can you tell me where is uh, Martha Elliott? Absolutely. So Martha Elliott Health Center is located in Jamaica Plain, so not too far from our main campus, but it's this really beautiful, true community health center. So in that building, we have um, our social workers, optometry, uh, adolescent services. And so it's really designed to be a place where families feel like they can get care for their children all throughout their life. So it's an equally special place to work. That's amazing. Well, and what I love about that is they offer so many services, which as we're talking about sort of helping or figuring out how to find the pediatrician that's right for you, that information is really helpful to know what your options are in different practices. So as a pediatrician yourself, you're probably meeting new families all the time. I'm curious to know when people are looking for a new pediatrician, when do they typically look? If you know when to recommend that, that would be helpful for us. Yeah, absolutely. I sort of think finding a new pediatrician almost happens in two phases during life. So it's when you're expecting a baby. And if you're a first-time parent, you don't necessarily have a pediatrician um, already as part of your care team for your family. And then we also see parents sort of reevaluate their primary care doctor a little bit later in life as their child has grown and changed and is maybe entering those teenage years where with more autonomy over their body and insights to their own health, then their preferences may change. So I sort of Mm. see those two phases of life. But to start out for your first baby, I think it's great to start looking in your third trimester just to get a sense of the practices that are out there, the options, and potentially actually talk to some pediatricians ahead of time to see who might be a good fit. Yeah. So, I mean, thinking about that, okay, new mom, expectant parents, how many pediatricians should we be looking at? I I mean, I think about when I adopted my two kids and, you know, I wasn't expecting, but I knew when they were coming. And so I needed to find a pediatrician. And I only actually, well, I researched a bunch, but I only met with one. And now I'm wondering, should I have met with more? Yeah. I think it's a funny thing. So when it comes to finding your pediatrician, I'd like to think when you know, you know. 
And so maybe you have that first meeting with a pediatrician and you're like, this is it. I, I found them. You're going to be my child's doctor. You're going to be part of our family. And this is great. So I do think the research ahead of time online is so important just to get your nuts and bolts and logistics. And then if you can talk to between three to five pediatricians, I think that's ideal just okay. to get a sense of you know, fit and style and how communication feels with them and how your comfort level feels. And again, maybe you talk to the first one or the second one and you're like, I got it. I don't I don't need any more of these these interviews. But I think a bit of variety is helpful so that when you do make that decision, you can feel really content and secure with it. And then before you even get to the meeting part, what are some of the things that you recommend that parents look for in terms of information, credentials, location, practice information, specialties that they that they have and offer? Oh yeah, there's there's so much to consider that it can feel really overwhelming um, yes. just doing that internet rabbit hole kind of research. So I like to think of the experience of your doctor's visit starts when you're packing up your stroller, your car seat, all the stuff you need to get to the appointment. And so the first thing you're going to do is get out of your car. So I tell parents it's not a bad idea to think about the parking situation. Huh. Um, I like that. <laughs> especially in the winter time. It's Ooh, yeah. just the little things count. Yeah. So I, I think about parking initially. But then the size of your clinic. So Boston Children's Primary Care, we're in the main hospital. So you do have proximity to a ton of other specialties and clinics if your child has more unique medical needs. Practice like Martha Elliott Health Center, again, is a freestanding building, so a little smaller, but also has a bunch of services available right there. So then knowing what's going to be waiting for me when I walk through the door is sort of the next thing I think about. Okay. So those are kind of those two first just logistics steps. That's really helpful, I think, because I don't think many of us, like, I don't know, I didn't think about this when I was a new parent, like, sort of like it starts from the moment that you're trying to, you know, get in the door. And that that does matter because it can be a source of frustration when you get there. Yeah. What about other considerations, like in terms of just the the values of the the pediatrician and sort of how do you ensure that you have a connection with them? Yeah. It's not unlike going on a first date. So you're just trying <laughs> to pick up a little sense of how they speak and communicate and just your overall comfort level. So a lot of it is some of these intangibles. I giggle a little bit about this because I, especially for the tweens and teenagers, I definitely try to communicate in a way that sometimes makes me sound cool. I've been known to kind of mention TikTok and end up being completely irrelevant and they think I'm kind of a nerd, which is okay. But I have a more sort of casual way of speaking with families. I don't want it to feel like there is this divide between me as their pediatrician and them as a family or patient. We're really all on the same team. So my communication style is just a bit more relaxed, like you're talking to a friend or and you feel like you're at home, somebody you could have coffee with. Other people are looking for more of a, a formal pediatrician where that dynamic of doctor and patient feels a little bit more distinct. And there's no right way to practice medicine, but I feel like most families have a vision or an idea of what the pediatrician in their life will look like and how they fit into their family as their child grows. And so just finding one that works for you, because we actually all 
pediatricians are all made differently. And so just how does that conversation feel is going to be, I think, the biggest indicator of if you're a good fit. But what I think is interesting about primary care is that for as much as we are generalists, we also have areas of passion and sort of these mini subspecialties that we really enjoy. So for my practice, if I was talking to a new parent and they asked me what I was passionate about, they would see my face light up so big and my Italian hands just going everywhere when I ask and get to share about my um, experience with mental health for teenagers and really mental health of families overall um, as we're working through those early childhood development years. So that's my big passion. Whereas other pediatricians are really just these experts in rashes or asthma. Everybody sort of has an area of like medical passion and interest. So that's always a great thing to ask about. Mm. So I'm hearing you say is like not only just interviewing them about the basics, like their vaccine and, and process and after hours care and sort of all of those logistics, but also just what's their passion? Because you know, as I think about that, that applied to me when I was looking for a pediatrician for our kids because mm-hmm. the pediatrician that we found in his bio talked about his interest in taking care of kids who were internationally adopted. Ah. And I was adopting two kids internationally. So I thought, wow, he's going to be passionate about my kids and probably have some insights that maybe other pediatricians might not. So yeah. that's pretty important <laughs> to think about. Yeah, and I, I truthfully would love to learn more about that type of care, but it isn't something that I'm well-versed in. So sort of these nuances in our areas of practice can be really helpful. And I think you brought up another great question of just logistics, like what are our hours and who's available? Is anybody that I can call in the middle of the night? I get to tell my families that they never have to worry by themselves. Middle of the night, there's no question too big or too small that you can't call us with. And that's why we're here. So just knowing how do I get my questions answered and who is there to talk to are huge things as you're thinking about your comfort level as a parent. I'm guessing related that too, just like for your regular well visits or typical check-ins, like what are the office hours and how do they work with your schedule, right? As a parent being able to get them there. That's pretty important too, I found. (laughs) I bet. Um, And some practices do evening well child checks and others have, you know, some weekend hours. Parents are busy. You guys have full schedules and there's always something on your plate and just knowing logistically can I fit this in, this important thing in, to be as minimally disruptive to our regular everyday lives is is a huge consideration. Because the doctor's visit, especially those well-child checks, should feel like you have dedicated time and space to be present for them. And so if a clinic having certain hours that works best for your family empowers that visit to be meaningful and get your questions answered, that's a huge consideration. What about word of mouth? Because I think a lot of parents also want to know who are those that they can go to for recommendations. How would you ask or recommend parents think about that? Absolutely. There is just being a parent now, there's so much information, whether it's on social media, talking to your friends, other people in your family. There's so much information on who your pediatrician should be, how to raise your child, what to feed them, what sippy cup should we be using. And I think all of the word of mouth comes down to whose values align with yours. And so just because somebody's really close to you and a great friend, 
doesn't mean your parenting styles are going to be similar or your values are going to be similar. I tell my families all the time when they ask for this kind of advice is, my little sister is my favorite person in the world, and she works in fashion and just has these fantastic outfits and just always looks amazing. And if I asked her, hey, Savannah, what should I wear? She would pick out this incredible outfit that just doesn't suit me because I like to run around in my cowgirl boots and just it's just not my style. And so that's okay. We're all looking for different things. So get your advice from people that you feel like parent similarly to how you would like to parent and to engage with healthcare in a way that you anticipate engaging with it. So advice is encouraged, but who you're getting your advice from, it's just worth considering. That makes sense as well. Like advice has got to match with your values. So that's important when you're considering which friend to ask or, or which loved one. And so much of this conversation, I feel like comes down to values which is such a a nebulous thing to really hammer down. So I have a question a little bit related to my own practice. You know, I'm a neonatologist, and so when I send kids home, a lot of them have significant medical complexities. I always worry about, are they finding a pediatrician that is prepared to take on care for a child with medical complexities? For those patients or their parents who have children with medical complexities or going home from the NICU with a a new child with medical complexities, what types of questions should they be asking when they're looking for a pediatrician? I think you want a pediatrician that's going to be honest with you. And so just the frank point blank question of my child has medical complexities, how comfortable do you feel caring for them? And again, a good pediatrician is going to be honest about their scope of practice and their comfort level. So my answer is I am comfortable taking care of kids with medical complexities, but a big part of why I'm comfortable doing that is because our clinic at Boston Children's Primary Care has a rainbow team in place, which is for our kids with complex medical needs. And we have a dedicated pool of nurses who have extra training to help coordinate specialists just so that the parents could be parents and that we can take some of the the coordination and logistics off your plate. One of the things that I've heard in terms of your philosophy as a pediatrician is that you have sort of more than one patient. You have the child and their parent or parents and caregivers. So I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about your philosophy in that. Yeah, thank you for asking. I'm really passionate about this topic too. So I think the best advice I ever got in medical school was your job as a physician is to find the truth in every room. And When I walk into a patient's room, that's the family that's in the room, whatever that family looks like, how it's built, the people in there. So I always ask my patients, like, who's here with you today? And they kind of look confused, like, what do you mean is with you? Like, these are my parents or my sister or brother. I'm like, I just wanted to ask. (laughs) And it's just a really fun way to learn about the composition of the family and the members in it. And then I sort of just check in on everybody. Like, how, how are we doing today? Before we get to your vital signs, your height and weight, your concerns for the day, how's, how's our team doing? Because the patient is at the center of their healthcare and their team, but everybody in the room is on that team. And so if mom just had or the birthing parent just had a C-section and they're in a lot of pain, 
I want to know about it. Can I walk you out to your car and carry some of your things? Because you're not supposed to carry more than 20 pounds. Or I've had parents who are clearly sick themselves in the visit. And parents are so such amazing advocates to their kids that sometimes I'll call a timeout and go, can we can we help book you an urgent care appointment for for the pneumonia? It sounds like you have. I'm a pediatrician, but I have a suspicion that you might be ill too. And so the truth in the room is different every time. Mm -hmm. And I think it is our job as pediatricians to provide family-based care and just ask, how can we help? I just love that. And I think that's so important. I love your philosophy. Thank you. Okay, you you can be my kid's pediatrician. (laughs) (laughs) I would be honored. (laughs) Well, so let's talk a little bit more, too, for those listening about another aspect, I think, of finding your pediatric provider is telehealth. So a lot of us through the COVID pandemic, we figured out how to utilize telehealth. Now that hopefully we are emerging on the other side of the pandemic, slowly but surely, the question is, you know, we know telehealth is still here to stay. As a parent, what questions should they ask if they're looking for a pediatrician about how to use telehealth and how should we use telehealth in our practice today? So I think telehealth is critically important when I think about access to care. So not all of our families live close to the clinic that they receive care at. And especially when your child is sick and has to come in for a sick visit. Ideally, if you can keep them in the comfort of their own home where they are going to be able to rest and you know just have their, their day-to-day comforts, that's, that's a huge thing I want for them. And so if we can do telehealth, fantastic. So I'd always ask if it's available. But the big thing I think about with telehealth as far as when and how it's used is, is it being used for the right things? Mm. And so a lot of our visits, our physical exam is the biggest diagnostic tool we have. And sometimes there just isn't a replacement for me putting a stethoscope to a child's chest or pressing on their abdomen or being able to get lab work that they might need. And so the big question I would urge parents to ask is, Who's helping me book the telehealth visit? Ah, Because sometimes it's great for a rash. Granted, I've, I've seen many parents try to hold their baby's diaper rash up or wrestle their wiggling toddler to see their eczema patch. Yeah, and, I think we've all been there. Like, yeah. hey, look at this doctor. And you're like, yeah, and then like a dog comes in the background <laughs> yeah. and it's they're truly delightful, just joyful visits. But you want to make sure you're getting a virtual visit for an appropriate medical issue. And so making sure that your practice is able to help you make that decision and ask you some screening questions before you book a virtual visit versus in person, I think is huge because you shouldn't have to make that decision. You know, your kid needs help and it's our job as a practice to figure out how do we get you the help you need and how do we make sure it's happening in the right way. We don't want our parents to have to be the ones to figure that out. It should be be us. Oh my goodness. Well, that is I think those are all my questions related to sort of, you know, the considerations when you're looking for a pediatrician. But I'd love to come back briefly to something you mentioned early on, which is the two times that families typically are looking for a new pediatrician. And you mentioned sort of the adolescent preteen years or teenage years. I'm curious about your thoughts on that because... I am actually a parent now of two tweens, preteens. And so I'm thinking, you know, I mean, I I love our pediatrician, but do they have different needs as they get older that I should be looking for? As I mentioned, I love taking care of of teenagers. I think they're such an interesting, bright, joyful part of my day getting to care for them. 
And I, I sort of give families the same advice that I give when they're newborns. But now the person who's really the center of finding that pediatrician is your child, is that preteen or teenager. So just all the things that you were looking for as a parent for their pediatrician right after they were born, that comfort level, that alignment of values, that access to care, those are all things that your almost teenager or teenager should also feel. So I actually sometimes invite patients to say, hey, if I'm not your best fit anymore as you're entering this another phase of life, that's that's okay. I would always, I say, please keep me. I would love to, to follow your, your journey and growth and see all the amazing things you're doing. But their comfort with their pediatrician, feeling like it's someone they can trust and talk to as their body is going through all of these changes and their emotions are going through all of these changes. I want to empower them to find a pediatrician that's a good fit. Uh, that so makes same principles, yeah. but a little bit more patient-centered because they're, they're growing up. So speaking about kids today too, my kids, all of the, all, I think all kids, especially in those preteen and teenage years, right now they're all dealing with more than just physical health needs, right? There's the importance of mental health and making sure at all stages that we're caring for our kids' mental health. And I am so thankful that there's more awareness, but we have a lot more work to do in this area. And I understand this is an area of interest of yours. And so I just wanted to hear from you in terms of as a pediatrician who's passionate about mental health, what things as a parent, either when I'm looking for a pediatrician or just in conversation with my current pediatrician, can I do to ensure that we're addressing mental health needs? I think the biggest thing is looking for a pediatrician that normalizes mental health as just health. It shouldn't feel categorically different, yeah. Yeah. but it does because we're still working on that stigma and really integrating mental health as part of our general well-being as people. And so something I always remind my patients of at any age and remind their parents of is that you can and should come to the doctor if you feel like you don't feel like your best self, if mm. you feel like you're worried more often than you should be or sad more often than you should be, or if just something doesn't feel right with how your brain is working or how you're working through your emotions, that is something I would love to help you work through. And you can make a visit for that, even if you don't have a way to describe it. Like, I need to see my doctor, but I can't put a name on it. That's okay. That's a great reason to come see me. And it's the same validity and importance of if you broke your arm or have appendicitis or an ear infection. And so just learning how your pediatrician views mental health and talks about it, I think you can learn a lot. Um, and I also think, especially when we're asking questions around body image and growth and our worth and self-esteem, you can really just pick these things up in conversation when you just start talking. So if you have a listening ear for what's important to you as a family and your values, I think you'll usually find those reciprocated with the right fit for a pediatrician. I, I just want to say as a parent, I love that advice, like to talk to your kids and say, hey, it's OK to go to the pediatrician for just not feeling right or feeling yeah. sad or not being sure how to describe your feelings. I think I think that's not something that is commonplace or intuitive to, to parents. Right. Mm -hmm. you, you go if you you have a fever or you have a cold, but we're not attuned to going if we're not feeling right emotionally or mentally. And so that's just as important. I think the biggest advice I have for parents before they're even looking online to see what 
practices are out there and pediatricians that are taking new patients. It's just to really take the time and say, how do I want to raise my child? What's important to us as a family? What does health and raising a healthy child look like for us and mean to us? And so just kind of sitting with those bigger questions, I also think is a huge part and probably should be the first part and first step as you start this process. And probably questions that are worth revisiting throughout the different stages of your child's life. That's really valuable advice. It's all about the values and a little bit of gut too, right? A little bit of intuition. Yeah, parent (laughs) instincts are very real. They really are. (laughs) I love that. Hopefully that'll help all of us parents seek help sooner for our kids if they need that support. Yeah, and for parents as well, the sort of adage I tell all of my parents is that happy and healthy parents raise happy and healthy kids. And so the biggest gift you can give your child is taking care of your own needs first. And that's sort of how I approached that truth in the room for all of my families. Wow, that's really great. Dr. Esposito, this has been great. I feel like I've learned so much. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to share with our audience related to finding a pediatrician, the right pediatrician for you? Is there any other parting words that you'd like to share or advice? I think the biggest thing that I hope parents find when they're looking for a pediatrician is a pediatrician that just has such joy for their job. And it's a hard thing to measure or to ask like, hey, do you like your job? You still having a good time being a pediatrician? But there really should be this sense of sort of childlike wonder, you know, like a kid opening a birthday present or blowing out the candles on a birthday cake. Like your pediatrician should have that same joy getting to do their job every day and to be part of your family and be on this journey with you. And so I would say, look for joy because you will find it and you'll know it when you see it. And I love my job and it fills me up with joy every day. And that's why I want to do this for my whole life. And it's something I never want to lose. And so I hope that our patients and families can find pediatricians with joy and who can share that with them. I love that. Joy and we need to all have more joy. So um, we should all have joy in our work. And that makes you better, a better person and better at what you do. Makes sense to me. I'm also thinking that it's probably also good to know, as you mentioned before, it's, it's okay to change if it's not working out. If you think you may have not chosen the ideal pediatrician for you, you should definitely keep looking. Yeah. Never too late. <laughs> it's never too late to change. And at the end of the day, every pediatrician wants you to have a doctor you're comfortable with and a doctor that your child is comfortable with. And so for as much as we would love to be the one to watch your child grow and develop, if it's not us, that's okay. We really want you to find your best fit. So we never would take it personally. That's really well said, Dr. Esposito. Wow. Well, thank you. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Likewise. Um, Looking forward to uh, seeing you at the hospital. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you again for having me. Thanks for listening to Boston Children's Answers Kids Health. And a huge thanks to our guest parent, Jennifer, as well as our guest expert today, Dr. Valentine Esposito. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts to stay up to date on the latest episodes. For more information, check us out at bostonchildrens.org, or you can find us on Boston Children's Hospital social media pages. I hope you'll join us next month when we discuss the question, is my child spending too much time online with Dr. Michael Rich? That's a good one. Have a great week, everyone. Be well. 
and see you soon.